This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, welcome. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Yes, we are on air today. This is a live show. If you're listening to a recording of this, thank you so much for doing that as well. But today we are live in studio on May the 12th, May the 12th of 2023. So thank you all for joining us. As always, we've got a special guest for you today. Joel Karsten is joining us. Joel, am I saying your last name correct? Karsten, yep, that's right. Awesome. All right, so you've got a book that you wrote, Straw Bales Gardens Compete, or sorry, Complete, and you've actually got a very interesting way of helping people when it comes to growing vegetables and doing things along those lines other than the traditional method of putting it in the ground, right? Yeah, you'd think after 6,000 years of doing it one way, it'd be pretty tough to come up with a new way. But believe it or not, we've, we've built a better mousetrap for gardening. Okay. It's, well, uh, and that's, again, we a- really quick, the reason you're here and for everybody listening, as you all know, we talk about things that, you know, get you ready for the what-ifs of life, and whether that be, you know, some end-of-the-world type of an event or just, you know, we have different you know, events that happen, you know, on a local basis, Joel, things can happen all over the place. We've just gone through a lot of rain here in Colorado, lots of flooding. Some people are without power this morning, or sorry, today, it's the afternoon now, but this morning they were without power, may still be today in the afternoon. Bottom line, Joel, things can happen, and we just want to give people tools to help them with their everyday life or in the event of some sort of a catastrophe. That's spectacular. This is exactly what they need. There you um, go. The, to, to understand the, the method, that's really important. You know, traditional gardening, everybody probably kind of gets that. Yep. You know, if you have good soil, it's not that difficult to grow stuff. If you have good soil, um, you know, I would encourage people to continue to do that. So well, and, and, and the there, reason why you're here, here in Colorado, you, I don't know, and I didn't look. I'm sorry. What, what part of the country I, are you from, I'm Joel? In, I'm in Minnesota. Okay, Minnesota. well, you guys have... Really good soil. In Colorado, there are places here where, frankly, Joel, we don't have such great soil. In fact, our our area here has expanded. give you a little history, but our area here has expanded so much that literally there are now houses, neighborhoods, subdivisions, and things built on what my dad said when I was a kid was crap land and nothing will ever be there. Now, if technology has changed and you can build on clay and they do pylons and all sorts of things, but bottom line, Joel, we have a lot of houses and subdivisions today in Colorado that don't have very good soil, to be honest. Yeah, and that's that way around the country. I mean, every state you go to seems to have at least one area, at least in the state, where the soil is not very good. There you go. Down in Arkansas, it's all solid rock. You go there down you go. inches and you hit nothing but rock. So, yeah, it's definitely advantageous to garden this way. And, and, and let me explain real quickly kind of an overview of what this method is. Perfect. So we take a bale of, a bale of hay or a bale of straw, um, everybody's familiar with, you feed the horses with, right? Um, a bale of straw is for, usually for livestock bedding, so they would sleep on it. They wouldn't necessarily eat it. Um, you take one of these bales and you prep it for 12 days. And this is what we call the conditioning process. And okay. really what this is, is it's feeding the natural bacteria that are already in the bale. And we feed them what they like to eat, which is nitrogen. You can do this organically, or you can do it traditionally using like a lawn fertilizer. Okay. If you do it organically, you use like a blood meal. And you add the, the, the nitrogen and water, and the bacteria will colonize quickly the entire bale. And once they've completely colonized the bale, you can tell that's happening. If you have a microscope, you can tell it's happening. Or if you just stick your hand down inside the bale, you can tell it's happening mainly because the bale gets hot. Right. 
or warm at right. least, 140, 145 mm-hmm. degrees. Once that process, that cycle has completed and you've done 12 days of conditioning, the bales will cool down. And the inside of the bale, believe it or not, will have become early stage soil. Okay. It won't quite look like soil yet, but it has all the biology of good growing media or good soil. Okay. And once it cools down, now you can put your plants into this bale. Now, here's the kicker. No weeds. So you wow. go the whole summer and you wow. do the maintenance of having to weed your garden. It also holds an incredible amount of moisture. Sure. The bale will suck up and hold. Well, okay, I, I got to back up. I got to back up. Why no weeds? Because there's no weed seeds. You know, where do weeds come from in your garden? They come from weed seeds that get blown in or right. you know, come in with manure. Or right, whatever. or were there last year and you didn't get them all the way up or right. whatever the case may be. And when these bacteria inside of the bale are making the straw into soil, they digest. If there's any, like there's a leftover wheat seed inside there or oat seed, it'll digest that. And it basically turns any leftover wheat or oat seeds into soil. And there's, there's, you know, usually wheat seeds, wheat fields and oat fields don't have a ton of other weeds. And if they are weeds, the, the seeds don't get mature enough that they're viable. Okay. You know, like a Makes sense. or something. Um, so it's very, very much so. It's one of the number one things in social media people will comment on our straw bale gardening stuff is they say, I can't believe I went all summer and I haven't pulled a single weed in my garden. It's so nice. So okay, I also want to back up one more step, too, and that is, and I'm sure we'll get into more of these details, but is this just any old straw bale? Is there any specific type we need to get, or does that matter? What's incredible is you can use anything. I mean, any kind of straw bale, oat straw, wheat straw, barley straw, rice straw, okay. or you can use hay, which is like baled grass right. or baled clover or alfalfa. Right. Um, you know what? In par- other parts of the world, I've done projects over in Cambodia and the Philippines, they'll use sugarcane stock. Oh. So it's left over after they sure. squeeze the, the juice out of the sugarcane, they bale up that. Essentially, any organic matter that you tightly bale, that will decompose. So this could be, you know, pea straw, bean straw, corn stalks, anything that's tightly baled and squeezed, you can turn into a bale that will work for this. Now, it just so happens that oat straw and wheat straw are very common in most of the country, or bales of hay, grass hay, mm-hmm. and horse mm-hmm. hay, per se. Um, Which, really quick, common. it's the reason why in our area, because we have a lot of, you know, livestock and cattle and horses and so on. But here, most of you listening would know what I mean by this. You won't find very many, uh, you know, stacks of hay that are out in a field that are not covered, that are not keeping them dry, that aren't having some sort of a barn, even coverage of them and so on, because, Joel, the same thing would happen naturally. And I I know because I've seen old bales of hay do the exact same thing you're talking about. Yeah, they'll actually draw nitrogen out of the soil. Right. So if you have a bale touching the ground, it'll suck nitrogen out of the soil, and that helps begin the decomposition. So there it'll turn go. that bale into soil. There you a go. A lot of horse farmers, they'll have a stack of bales in the bottom bales. They always end up having to throw them away because there they you get go. moldy or rotten okay. and you can't feed them to horses. They work great for I, 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 I knew that would happen. I didn't know why. You just explained something I've never known my whole life. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a really great method to be able to garden. And there's a lot of other advantages. You know, you don't get the soil-borne disease and insect problems. You use your same soil year after year to plant tomatoes, you're going to get disease and insect buildup right. in that soil, that harbor over the winter. Now you've got virgin soil inside this bale. So it's like starting from scratch. There's no septoria or verticillium wilt, diseases, spores held in that soil. Hmm. So you get disease-free tomatoes. Um, you know, there's just a whole bunch of If you can't bend over, you know, People get older, it's more difficult to get down on the ground. As my grandma Josephine used to say, getting down is easy, getting up. Right, right. 
um, it makes it much more accessible for anybody to be able to plant and, sure. and harvest from knee high. Makes, um, makes so total it, sense. It, okay, so thing. walk us through more of how you know how you would even set this up. I mean, do you want to encase yep. these at all? Do you want to make a you know several of them together? Again, you're going to plant more than just one bale, so you know do you need to right. tie them together once you lay them out? Do things need to be level prior? You know, walk us through some of this. Well, you can do up to a 14% slope, <laughs> so okay. you could garden basically anywhere. You want to run the bales up and down hill if you do have a hill. Okay. Um, you want to put them end to end, and you want to put them so that the, they're, the strings are not touching the ground. So strings are going around. So it's kind of like the tall, tall way of setting up the bales. The reason we do this is because we're going to plant the top of the bale. We're also going to plant the side. So you got room on the sides to put uh, okay. herbs and, and other things. I, in my mind, I wasn't picturing it that way. I was picturing them laying yep. flat. So you're going to stand them on end. Yep. On end. You okay. can do them flat if you want, but we, we encourage people to do them on end because it's more efficient. Okay. You get more plants in a bale if you do them the tall way. Okay. And then you run them end to end is what I like to do. And I run four or five in a row, depending on how long the bales are. And then I put a post, a steel fence post at the end of each of those rows. And then from the top of the post on one end to the top of the post on the other end, I put a two by four there ah. and that helps hold the posts sure. apart when i put wires between those posts and tighten the wires up i make a trellis now i get everything to climb up that trellis my tomatoes uh. my squash my cucumbers your peas and beans of course um, anything that normally would make a vine on the ground i'm going to get it to climb up there it's a pumpkin it's the only thing is they're kind of too big okay but even hubbard squash and, and uh, butternut squash you know they'll weigh 25 30 pounds i got those up on that trellis Wow. So it works really slick to get all that foliage up off the ground. Now, that's another place where this is a big advantage because it changes the culture of your garden. It keeps the foliage more dry. Okay. And dry leaves stop disease. If you have wet leaves constantly, so they're touching the ground every morning you get dew on mm. them, and it takes forever for the wind to dry them off, you're going to get a lot of disease spread, get a lot of, of that fuzzy white stuff on the surface of the leaves. That's all fungal disease. And that comes from being wet all the time. If you get them up on that trellis, get those vines up in the air, easier to pick. Your cucumbers don't touch the ground, so they won't rot. They'll be nice and dry hanging up there for you. So it's easier to pick, and you're going to prevent disease spread. Okay. And it's easier to detect insects as well. You know, vines are on the ground. It's sure. hard to see any sure. insect problems. Makes sense. When they're up in the air, you walk through, you see an insect problem, you can run and get your insecticidal soap, and you can spray that vine on both sides so you get 100% kill. And it's really easy to control, much easier to control insect issues, if you have any, that end up in your garden. So there's a lot of variables to how people do it in different parts of the country. What's a big advantage with social media these days is there's over 120 groups on Facebook that just focus on this niche method of gardening in, in wow. Bale. So I no had no idea. In, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. I got over a million followers now that do straw bale gardening. Wow. Uh, I had I had no yeah. clue. I had no idea. Yeah. Joel. It's a thing. Once people do it, they just fall in love with it. And then they, they're like, I'm never okay, going so back to planting in the soil. Dumb question on my part. Why has this just recently caught on? I mean, this this is not really new technology. I mean, it's not even technology. It's oh. been around for a very, very long time since we've been bailing yeah. hay and straw and so on. This has been available. Why now? Well, I'll tell you what. I started doing this 31 years ago. And when I started doing it, I was fresh out of college. I just bought a house. It was, it was all construction fill, and I couldn't garden. Okay. didn't have any money to build raised beds. 
And I grew up on a farm, so I knew exactly what you said, that these bales would decompose. So, and I happen to have a degree in horticulture, so that helps. Yes, it does. And I called up my dad, I got some bales, and I started doing some experimenting. And I did a, you know, there was no Google that long ago, nope. so I did something that had to be done before. And I couldn't find anything about anybody having done it. So I started doing it, and for the first 14 years, nobody cared. A few friends and neighbors and colleagues okay. that were interested, but nobody really cared. Then I got on the news 17 years ago. I got on the news one night, and it just exploded after that. Now, I've, wow. believe it or not, this is my fifth book. The book you're talking about is my fifth book I've written about this. Okay. It's amazing to think that there's that much information out there, but this is the fifth book. And it basically it started with that one little TV interview, and Unreal. now I've got over 2,000 2, presentations all around the world about this method of gardening. That is amazing. What a story, Joel. That is fascinating. Yeah, Yeah, it's really become a thing. You know, it wasn't my career objective. I, you know, I wasn't doing it full time, but, you know, once you get a... Well, okay, so let me ask you that, not to get off topic, but what were you doing at that time? Because, I mean, I imagine you were working out a living and, you know, you had a house, so you had to have some sort of income. You were doing something and it wasn't just this. Yeah, well, well, when I first started, um, straw bale gardening. I was working for another company. That's 31 years ago. Um, in the believe it or not, in the oil filtration industry. Okay. And and then I got out of that business and I started my own manufacturing company. So I was in the toy business, and we also made display cases for autograph footballs, basketball, mm. baseballs, that kind okay. of thing. Okay. Um, injection molding, yep. the plastics business. And I was you know fairly successful. Did well with that, and then got bored with life and my wife said you know you got to do this horticulture thing again because that's really where your passion is and you love it and everybody who comes over loves that straw bale garden she said why don't you try like pushing that see if you can get anybody interested hmm. and that's when that reporter happened to contact me and and i took the ball and i ran with it you know i'd said to a bunch of people nah it's not it's not that big of a deal don't come over you know they wanted to write an article about it or something i said nah then i'll have people coming to my house i don't want to bother with it but once that TV reporter came and I saw how much interest there were, was, hmm. Hmm. Um, and that was right at the time when Facebook came out also. Okay. And I had this young gal call me and she said, hey, there's this new website. You've got to put a page on this website. It's called the Facebook. And I said, well, I've never heard of it, but if you think I should do it, I'll do it. So I did it. Now, I mean, we got followings all around the world. Amazing. It's, become, it's, it's like it was born, part of it was born, the popularity, out of social media. You know, because sure. it's a sure. picture tells a thousand words. Mm-hmm. People put a picture of a tomato with a hundred tomatoes hanging up there on top of a straw bale and people just light up, you know, they're, they're how did you do this? You know, so. Well, and that's part of, of the reason why I wanted you to come on as well is, you know, the other thing we try to do here on a weekly basis, again, not just, you know, preparing people for one of those catastrophe, you know, type events, Joel, but on a regular basis, how do we be more efficient? You know, how can we be better stewards? How can we save money? You know, how can we do things? How can we be healthier at the end of the day? Because all of these things help us even when some of those, you know, catastrophe type events may come along. And by the way, I should say, will come along because they do. Again, we just had some flooding and things here in Colorado. There's everything from tornadoes to hurricanes to we had bad hail this week. You know, you, you and I both know, Joel, things happen. We live in a world where stuff's going to happen. And the other reason why I wanted you to come on is just, again, this is a great way for people to grow their own food, eat healthier, and save money at the same time, right? For sure. Absolutely. And not only does it improve your health because you eat better, you know, you're eating, obviously, vegetables, fresh vegetables. You really can't find anything better for your health than that. But it's also just getting people outside and getting them interested in gardening. Mm. And one of the big benefits that we even realize until they're doing it 
is how it will it will socialize you in your neighborhood because your neighbors will come walking by and you will start a conversation. Sure. They'll be like, what are you doing in your yard? Are you bringing ghosts in here or what? And then the conversation starts and you explain what you're doing. And all summer, every time they walk by, they stop and talk, see how your garden's growing and, you know, whatever. You'll give tomato or a cucumber. And it's crazy how these friendships begin in neighborhoods over something as silly as a garden. And I know people, gardening the traditional way, is not very conspicuous. But you put 10 bales of straw in your yard, that's conspicuous. And all your neighbors are going to say, what is going on? Here? And mm. it's going to make you sort of like, not the attention to the neighborhood, but definitely something people are going to watch because they want to see if you face plant or if you're successful. How do you, how do you like, you know, neighborhoods, HOAs, things like that? Again, not to get off topic, yep. but this applies to some of that. How do they view this? It depends. You know, I have heard people, they've called me and crying on the phone saying, oh, my HOA is all upset and they want me to take it down and they've never heard of such a thing. And I say, well, have them just Google, just go to Google, go to Google Images and search for straw bale gardens and just look around and see how beautiful they look. And, you know, people plant flowers in the sides and they do bulbs and other things in them. So it doesn't have to be just vegetables. I say you might need to put a few flowers in the sides to dress it up a little bit. But they shouldn't be under the impression that first thing people think is a bale of straw. Is it, aren't mice going to be attracted to that or some kind of not in this bird? not in that condition? Really? They won't be. No, no, not when they're wet. You know what mouse wants to live no, in a soaking wet? Not, you know, yeah, they they're not going to. Bale, then they would. But once that bale is soaking wet and it's hot and it's decomposing inside, they're not interested at all. So that's really not the case. And and I'll you know first impressions people will come on and that's their first impression because when they were a kid and they were in their grandpa's barn and they had a bale of straw there was a mouse underneath the bale and mm-hmm. that has left an impression and it's forever. So you got to talk them off the ledge a little bit. You know sometimes they get things in their head that really aren't true. Um, but it it really is it makes it gardening so simple. You you come into a place and you see an asphalt parking lot and they got ten rows of five bales in a row. They got fifty bales of, of straw grown in this parking lot. Nothing but asphalt, wow. and they got beautiful eight-foot-tall tomatoes. Wow! I mean, you can do this on concrete or asphalt or on Amazing. a rooftop. The other All thing right. is nice. Well, okay, hold that thought. Hold horrible. that thought. We're going to take a break. I got a lot more questions. Okay. Don't don't go anywhere, Joel. We'll come right back. And I should say this as well: if you guys have a question for Joel, you're more than you're more than welcome to call. We can get it answered even while Joel's on air with us. I can also answer those via text message. You guys know the call in line: three zero three four seven seven. 5600. You can also text us 307 200 8222. And again, don't forget, we'll be right back. But first up, we have got Stack Optical, and we had Alan on actually last week on Fix It Radio, and he was with us for Drive Radio a little bit as well. And Alan can help you with all of your optical needs. Your eyesight is what I'm trying to get at. And he's got the, a way to even fix some things that may be going on health-wise in your world. We talked about this last time he was with us, that he can help you with some things that a lot of other optical places, let's just say it that way, some of the big box stores, will not be able to do. They won't even know anything about it, but Alan can help you with all of that. So cheapest eye exam in town, plus he can help you with any of your eyewear that you need, and he'll customize it to you and your lifestyle. 303-321-1578, that's Stack Optical. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. 
Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. Winter is nearing its end, but the threats to your roof's integrity are not. Warmer temperatures mean melting snow and spring rains. Don't wait until there's water inside your home to act. Be proactive today by calling Roof Savers Colorado. Here at Roof Savers, we try to save every client from the expense of a costly replacement without compromising the performance of your roof. This 100% plant-based product gives you the new roof performance without new roof costs. For any roofs that do not qualify for the treatment, we work with your insurance so you can get the replacement you need. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. Call today to schedule your free roof inspection. Call us at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com today to ensure your roof can keep unwanted leaks away. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. All right, we are back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Got another call coming in, too. Somebody asked a question a moment ago as well. So, Joel, somebody asked, I know you mentioned this earlier, but want to mention it again. How do you prepare them initially? Give folks that, that way of doing that one more time, Joel. Okay, you got to get some your hands on some. Uh, it's got to be ni- a nitrogen source is really what we're looking for. Okay. So this could be a lawn lawn fertilizer. It's almost like we're going to culture these things. I know that's not the right terminology, yeah. but it's like right. if we're going to culture yogurt, for example, we'd have to have the ability to get that started. We need a starter, essentially, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, it's really it's a food for the bacteria. The bacteria are already in there, um, but we we're going to feed them. Feed them. Yep. So okay. it's a, it, like a lawn fertilizer, or if you're organic, you can use like a blood meal. works well. Okay. Is, you know, Animal blood when they harvest, when they right. do slaughtering of animals, okay. it's dried. It's all it's all heat cured, you know. So there's nothing bad, and it. it won't hurt you. But right. Um, and then, or there's a product called Bale Buster, which is what we make. We make a product that okay. we use for this called Bale Buster, which is you know on Amazon or on our website or whatever. Okay. And so you put this on. It only takes 12 days. So you're going to sprinkle it on 
you know, half a cup and then you water it in. Then you sprinkle on a half a cup two days later and you water it in. And you only use about a gallon of water every day. You don't want to put too much water in. You don't want to. You want to leach it out through the bale. You just want to keep the bale moist. Okay. Which is what so you don't want to see water running out the bottom of the bale. Nope, nope. That's too much water. Just okay. Enough to keep the bale damp. Okay. And allow those bacteria to move around. That's what makes them mobile. Is that there's moisture in there. They can move around inside that bale. Okay. And you'll see that that bale will get hot. And what causes that heat? Believe it or not, all organic matter when it starts decomposing gets warm. Sure. Yeah, I mean there but, there can be but, natural fires that start in a. In fact, people have yeah. to be careful if you've got old dead lawn clippings and you've just kind of thrown them over in the corner. If you're not careful, those can self ignite just from the same yeah. same reason you're talking about, right? Yep. Yeah. They get you got to have just the right conditions. Usually, it's a large pile like yep. hay or something where you get a lot of weight, which causes a lot of compression. And it becomes anaerobic inside, so there's no oxygen available inside. And those bacteria can get up to 200 degrees. Our bacteria that we're dealing with are usually aerobic, so because oxygen is so okay. close by. Okay. The bale's only you know, 15 inches wide, so the center of it's only 7 or 8 inches from oxygen. And those aerobic bacteria will only get to about 145 or 150 at maximum. Okay. So you're pretty safe, especially when the bale is soaking wet all the time. You know, you're, okay. you're, you're not going to have that risk. Um, but, yeah, to see that process, what happens is these bacteria begin to divide. Now, what's really cool is bacteria don't lay eggs or have babies. They split in half. That's how they reproduce. And when that bacteria grows, it looks like a hot dog under a microscope, and you'll see it pinch in half right in the middle. And then it starts to vibrate and splits apart and makes two short hot dogs that both start to grow. And 15 minutes later, in the right conditions, each of those hot dogs will be long enough to wow. divide in half again. So wow. they'll pinch. And every time they pinch, they vibrate. And that vibration causes friction, and that friction is what causes the That's the heat. The heat. So, ah, yep. got so it. Anytime you see a compost pile or any organic matter that gets hot, it's always vibration ah, of bacteria that okay. causes that. I had no idea. Yep. That makes total sense. Yep. Yep. yep, little quick little biology. No, thank you. I did not. I'm. I am not from your. I'm an old car guy, so I am not from your world at all. You get me a car to fix, we're in good shape. But this is this is foreign to me. Believe me, I'm a I'm a mechanical kind of a guy. But everything you're yep. saying makes complete sense, and I get it. Now, one thing, and I know you mentioned this earlier, but I want to make sure that we reiterate this as well. And somebody even asked, you know, where do you buy? straw bales. Now, as Joel said, you can buy whatever kind of bale you want. Now, I will tell you that here in Colorado especially, straw will be your cheapest bales because it's typically used for erosion control, bedding, things along those lines. If you're buying, you know, alfalfa or regular hay, which Charlie even asked me a question here, Joel, in our area, if you're buying, you know, hay for feed, if you would, for your animals, we really only have I mean, there's variations in the hay world, but really there's hay and there's alfalfa when it comes to feeding, you know, farm animals here in Colorado. You could buy those, I guess, but you're going to spend a lot more money on those than you would straw. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of times guys who are growing hay these days for like dairy operations or feeding beef or whatever, alfalfa hay, they're making big bales. You know, That's big right. Rounds and big That's squares. right. They're not going to deal with the little ones. It's the horse people who you need to go to because they a lot of times will buy small squares. True. And they, every horse person you know has got moldy bales. And they oh, good idea, by the way. That's so, a great yep, idea. So if, you know, if you know somebody who's a horse rancher, go to them because they're always going to have some moldy bales. They'll give them to you cheap or maybe for free. Yeah, they just want to get um, rid of them because otherwise they're going to scatter them around yep. and try to get rid of them anyways. That's right. Yeah, and Good for, point. Your, for your audience, we got great we got great advice on how they can make their own bales. Okay, believe it or not, okay. it's pretty simple. You know, you take a great big Rubbermaid tub, uh, you know, one of those fifty quarts or whatever yep. those great big ones, and you dump all the Christmas decorations out of it, and then you shove it full of 
grass clippings and leaves and, you know, trimmings off of your lilac bush and whatever, anything that'll decompose, you shove in that bucket and you stomp it down really good till it's nice and compacted and full. And then you fill it up with water overnight, put a rock on the top so it doesn't, all the stuff doesn't float out. And the next day you bring that bay, that bucket over where you want to have your garden and you dump it out. And now you need to wrap that cube that you've created, you know, pull the top off and wrap mm-hmm. that cube of organic matter with chicken wire. Because it's going to have real short strands in there, so it would just fall apart if you didn't wrap it with something. So if you wrap it with chicken wire real tight, staple both ends of the chicken wire on a wooden stake with a sharp tip on the end, and then twist the stake and pound the sharp end in the ground. And you've made your own bale. Ah. And and you can grow, it. they grow even better, believe it or not, than a hay bale or a sure. straw bale. Because sure. it's a mixture of that organic matter. Right. And you still need to do the conditioning process, because you still got to get started. Yeah. But, man, they do really well. Okay. And, and that's what we do in, in foreign countries where they don't have, you know, right. traditional balers. We make bales by hand. Okay. You know, because they don't have Good to know. bailers in Cambodia. I had no They're idea. That is, that, that's awesome. Now, for, and yeah. somebody else asked and, and uh, called in, asked Charlie. He put it on my screen here. Where, and it, for those of you here in Colorado, where do you buy straw bales? Now, for those of you that don't have a truck, you could put these in the trunk of a car, but it's going to be a lot of trips if you're going to get, you know, several different bales but most of your feed stores will have straw even some of your home and garden areas or you know home and garden stores joel will have you know straw yep. bales and of course there's even like i said there's a lot of folks that use it for erosion control and things like that so typically you can find straw bales in a lot of different places you're not seeing it you know of course outside the grocery store unless it's you know harvest time and they've got pumpkins and stuff set on them but trust me they're yep. getting those picked up from the same places i just mentioned yep yeah exactly right and, you know, a good place to go, if you guys use Craigslist out there, a lot of farmers put ads on Craigslist or on Facebook Marketplace um, because it used to be classified ads in the newspaper when right. they sell their strawberries. Right. But they don't do that anymore because nobody gets the newspaper. So the, the classified ads are now online, and it's Facebook Marketplace That's and right. Craigslist. That's right. Um, great places to go. You know, if you know a farmer, just call them because even if they don't have bales, They'll know. they know all the other farmers. Yeah, good you point. Know, they know all the other farmers. They're going to know a place to go. Good point. Good point. No, th- this this is perfect, and I great idea on making your own. I mean, that is again, if those of you that are listening that are really budget conscious, have a little more time than maybe money, and you've got the ability to make those. Well, there's a a great tip on how to do that. So that's perfect. And and I looked up the website. Make sure I'm going to say this right. Is and Joel Karsten K with a K by the way. Everybody listening. K A R S T E N. It's strawbalegardens.com. Am I going to the right website? Yep. Okay. Yep, that's the one. All right, so that's yeah, the website, folks. we have a number folks. of them out there, so that's a good one, though. That's a good headquarters website. Okay, I will put... I got, like, seven of them now. So. <laughs> You're like me. You got, you... I mean, I got a lot of things going on as well, but usually somebody can figure out how to get back to me one way or the other. But uh, I'll put that's that, right. by the way, in our notes, and uh, Producer Ann will put that up on the website a little later as well sure. for all of you listening, so that works out really well. Somebody also asked, you know, as far as hauling them goes, and this is where it gets a little bit tricky, Joel, if you find bales and... You maybe get together with a farmer. They might be willing for a fee to deliver them. Otherwise, you're going to have to go to Home Depot or someplace, rent a truck, and go pick them up because that single bale trip with your car is going to get old. You know, I got five of them in a lady's Prius one time. Five? Really? Believe it or not. Because well, the hatch opens up. Yeah, good point. I guarantee you she, she's still plucking straw out of the fabric. <laughs> five years ago. And I guarantee you. So whatever you do, if you do go to buy bales, bring some big garbage bags. Yes. You know, 50-gallon garbage bag, put them in a garbage bag or wrap them in an old quilt 
and you'd be surprised. You get two or three in the trunk, kind of sticking out the back, and a couple in the back seat, and you got okay. four or five bales in each trunk. All right. So, other yeah. question for you, for people listening. Does it have to be these bales? Once we've, we've got them, we've decided what we're going to do. Do we need to pick a spot in the yard where it's shady, not shady, half and half? Do we need full sun? What are we looking for? Ideally, full sun. Yeah, vegetables like full sun in general. If you, if the, sort of the rule of thumb is if the leaves of the vegetable plant are small, they need more sun. The bigger the leaves, the less sun you can get by with. So like lettuce, things with bigger leaves, you get by with a little more shade. But like tomatoes and potatoes and things with small leaves, you need full sun exposure to get a good crop. Okay. I Thank you. Again, not being a horticulturist myself, those are great tips yep. for folks listening. Now, I'm assuming that if they buy your books, plural, all of this is in there as well. Yeah, they just need to buy one. They don't need to buy more than one. Okay. <laughs> My You're not a very good salesman, Joel. I'd tell them buy all. They, that's what they all tell me. You don't sell very well. And you know what? I tell people, they, they have my first book I ever wrote. You know, they'll come to, up to me at a conference or something. I'll say, should I buy the new updated one? I say, nah, if you got one, you, you're good. Yeah, you're you not a very good salesman, fine. Joel. Sorry. Sorry. I, I, know. I know. It's the same information. Just kind of a little bit of stuff added on and a little bit different. Version. I love it. But you know what? I'm a, I'm a budget guy. So I tell people, I love it. you got one copy, you're, you're pretty good. That's all. I mean, A, I just love your honesty and I appreciate it. And that's the kind of people we love hooking up with and, you know, have, have having these kind of conversations with and so on. I love it. It's it's just, it's awesome. I love it. So, okay. So I also know that's in my notes that you've also got a way of not just doing, and you said it kind of a moment ago, and I don't know if people caught that, but those folks out there that really love having bouquets of flowers and maybe again, they don't have all of that room or the flowers they've got planted out in front of the house. They want to leave as, you know, decorative, you know, for the front of the house and so on, but maybe they want a few bouquets inside this gives them the ability to even grow their own flowers, right? Absolutely, yeah. You, you know, zinnias and cut flowers like uh, sunflowers, um, you know, anything that normally you would see in a bouquet, you plant those seeds in your bale. I usually have one or two bales that I use just for annual flowers that okay. I use as my cut garden. Okay. And then all summer, every time you go somewhere, you, you order online, get a, a, get a box of glass vases, real cheap. They're two bucks a piece. And then you make a big vase of flowers, and you bring it to the hostess wherever you go. Oh. And I'll tell you, you get invited to so many parties because of that. It, yeah. They just love it. you know. Because normally people are going to go pay 60, 80 bucks for sure. a bouquet of flowers. Sure. Like that. And, and out of one bale, at least 30 or 40 vases worth of flowers. Dahlias is another one that's just fantastic out of bale. I'm just shaking my uh, head, Joel. Have- this I'm just like, you got to be kidding me, really. I mean, this is amazing. Yeah, they do really well. Gladiolus. People know gladiolus. Those do really well out of a bale as well. And you guys are like us. you got to dig up those bulbs in the fall if you want to keep them in a bale. It's real easy. You just kick the bale over and grab all your bulbs and put them in a bucket in the garage until next spring. You plant them, and they come back again. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Well, and that was my next question. So now we're... We're fall. We're to the end of the season. Things have kind of quit yep. growing. We've got our cool nights or maybe even had some frost or snow or whatever. What do we do with the bales at that point? Well, you're going to use them twice. You're going to use them again the next year. But the following spring, you're going to need to reconnoiter them a little bit. Okay. Which the, the bales will have shrunk a little bit. They'll kind of slump down. And that's when I encourage people, you know, you can wrap them with some chicken wire. You don't need to put them in a bucket or anything. Just wrap the chicken wire around them. Okay. And then I put another one on top. So I'll have two old bales on top of each other. And I stomp them down a little bit. The, the, the chicken wire kind of gets round. It's not really rectangular like a bale anymore. But don't let that bother you. And then you stomp it down a little bit. 
and it makes the most beautiful planting bed for all of your root crops, your potatoes and your carrots and beets, mm. because it's looser now inside. Oh, it's partially okay. decomposed. And you don't have to do the whole rigmarole with the conditioning the second year. You just plant. You know, adding a little fertilizer helps because it replaces some nitrogen, mm-hmm. but you're ready to plant real early in the spring. So, you know, even where you are now, you should, if you're a gardener, you've got your potatoes already planted by this time because, you know, some of these crops you need to get in the ground real sure. early. Sure. And if you're waiting for a hot bale to cool down, sometimes you don't get planted until, you know, end of May. I see. Tomatoes don't mind because they like the warmth of that bale, you know. Instead of 50-degree soil, they get 80 degrees out of a bale. They love that, the warm season crops, but... Cool season stuff like potatoes, you know, and, and other tubers and your stuff that grows underground and, and even like lettuce and peas is another cool season crop. Those you can plant real early and a second year bale works great for that. Okay. Amazing. So really you can get two seasons out of these is what you're telling us. Yep. Yep. And then when you're done with two seasons, you're going to have the most beautiful compost you've ever yeah. seen in your life yeah. that works great in containers for like flowers on the patio or window or dry spots or in your yard or wherever you want to go put yeah, it, right? Yeah, Doesn't matter. It really does. Yeah, around perennials or shrubbery or whatever you got, it yep. makes a nice mulch. Um, and there's no weeds in it. You know, it's nice and it's full of nutrients and it's really broken down. And if you can till it into any planting beds, like you've got an annual bed where you plant annual flowers every year, kind of work it into the soil and it really improves the soil tilt as well. I and see too in some of the images on the on your website where as you do your fence posts and then you you string the wire across. You don't just do one layer, uh, you know, one row of, of wire. You do several, so those plants will just keep growing up and up and up all the way to the top, right? Yeah, yeah every 8 or 10 inches all the way to the top. And I just use electric fence wire. You know, you can buy sure. that cheap at the farm store, wherever you bought the bales, wherever you get the fence posts, just get some electric fence you got wire. Us all, you you got us all being like, you know, uh, you know city farmers here. Yeah, it's amazing how, you know, I'll get somebody started and they get all their neighbors doing it. The whole neighborhood, the Strawville Gardening neighborhood. So It's it's amazing, it's actually. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the pictures online, and again, you guys can all go to, to Joel's website, strawbalegardens.com. There's pictures on there literally before and afters, and it's like, this is amazing. It really is. Yeah, I never would have cool. guessed this, then, Joel. Not in, not in 100 years, I would not have guessed yeah, this. It's, it's, it's a very niche method of gardening, but... You know, it's it's really catches on because once people start doing it, they're like you. You know, they start telling their neighbors and their friends, and pretty soon, if you're a gardener, you've heard of it. You might have tried it, and then if you try it, then you certainly expand. You know, I never meet anybody who says, "Oh, I did it once and then I stopped doing it." They always say, "Oh, last year I did two bales. This year I'm doing 18." Mm-hmm. You know, because I really like mm-hmm. it. So, well, the other thing that I like about this is it's you know a the ease of doing it plus just if you look at the size of the plants themselves and what you're getting as i guess you could say as a harvest is it's way better than what you're going to get any other way yeah it's very intensive production so yes. you get a great harvest i mean we I mean, really quick joel it's almost yeah. like they've got now kind of these hydroponic farm type things where you can put them inside your house you can grow them in the little you know stands and so on it's sort of like that only outdoors in better yeah only outdoors and not $350. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And way better as far as that goes. Yes, most definitely. Now, we've also yeah, got, this is another thing I was going to ask you. We've got a great sponsor of ours. In fact, you may have heard him during the last 
little break there, Colorado Greenhouse Builders, where they they do greenhouses, and they'll even help you set up your greenhouse and do different things and even help you with your beds and so on. I'm going to send Annette everything we're talking about because what she's doing with the greenhouse that in Colorado then allows you, because they do some geothermal heating and cooling and so on in the greenhouse, in Colorado you literally could get 12 months growing out of this. Now, question for you, if you're doing it 12 months out of the year, how long is your bale going to last? It's going to give you two really good crop productions. And okay. then what remains is still beautiful. I mean, it's like it's like miracle grow. I mean, what remains, it's just it's not going to work in a bale form anymore. Right. It becomes soil. You know, it really Sure. Yeah, it's decomposing, correct? Yeah, right. Yeah, it decomposes. And, and, you know, all good, rich, black soil on Earth is highly decomposed organic material. Hmm. You know, it's really what it is. Dead animals or dead plants that decompose and become black soil, rich soil that's full of nutrients. So that's all this is, is early stage soil. So it's not, you know, when we start doing it, it's not completely decomposed. But when we're done using it, it's completely decomposed. It really becomes soil at the end. So even in a greenhouse setting, like I just mentioned, you would do the same thing and you would just watch as that decomposing starts to really take place and they get broken down and they're no longer able to keep planting so then you're going to go use that for something else and just get another bale and start over yep exactly they could use it and in pots or they could use it in their planting benches or mix it in with sure. a, with a media that they're using for other plants you know in the old days before they had such a thing as a greenhouse supply company where you could buy bags of starter seed starter mix they had to make their own and they made it out of decomposed straw because it makes such beautiful mm. compost and such beautiful broken down um, compost at the end that it's really great for, for seed starting. Sure. So that's what they would make their seed starting mix out of. So we're kind of like going back to what they did in, you know, 1930s and 1920s before they had such a thing as it, a greenhouse it, supply company. And I want to make sure that I'm, I'm being clear on this as well or that we're being clear with all of our listeners you, you're you doing this just with seeds, not taking a plant and planting it. You're putting seeds in the bale, right? We do seeds, and we also do transplants. Okay. Tomato transplants. You know, things that are long season, so you got to get a, a start six or eight weeks on that seed uh-huh. before you plant it outside, or you're just not going to get a harvest. You know, in Colorado, your season's as short as ours is. Right. you got 150 days, and you're growing a 150-day plant. You wouldn't get anything until okay. the day before it crops. So in that case, you could use so, a starter plant. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I use all tomato, you know, all my all my uh, long-season summer crops that really like warm temperatures, I'll get those eight weeks old already. So they're already in a little bedding plant um, started. A lot of people start their seeds at home themselves and grow them that way um, to save money. You certainly can do that. Um, otherwise, you start them in a tray in the house, you know, under light. Sure. And then move them outside when the weather warms up. You know, you get. So I guess some of the folks that if they're really into this, they could start some things. You know, kind of late February indoors and get things going, and then by the time we get to the first of May or so, you're ready to go. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and then they can transplant them outside as soon as you're past your potential last frost, and and away they go. This is just fascinating. Again, folks, this is not only a way to help you save money, but if there were some sort of a you know catastrophe and we're back to growing our own food. We're giving you some really great tips on how you would do that in a much more efficient manner. And given the fact, Joel, you just explained to everybody how to make their own bales, hey, if it gets to the point where there's not even any balers running around anymore, who cares? You can still make these things. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. If they take away your petroleum, you 
still have a way to. Amazing. All right, we got a call yeah, coming in, Joel. And, and I know I've got a second break to take, but I'm going to push that off. We'll keep talking here until I absolutely have to take one, and we'll probably just do that okay. towards the end. So everybody listening, we're good. Uh, Bill is up next. Bill, you're on with Joel. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, hey, Bill. I have a question. Ranchers, when times get rough and there's no grass, they'll take straw and then put out containers of ammonia and cover it all up with plastic, and the ammonia breaks down the uh, the straw so that, you know, cattle can eat it. Horses won't eat it, but cattle will. Uh, I was just wondering if that uh, would work. Yeah, ammonia is a form of nitrogen, you know, so it's exactly what they're doing, the same thing. They're just breaking it down. Getting that decomposition, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'll see your bales will even smell like ammonia yes. when they're first starting decomposing. You'll you'll get some gassing off, that denitrification smell. And you walk by the bales and you get this waft of ammonia smell. That's why when people put bales in greenhouses, that's one of the things I caution them about is early for that first two weeks, you got to keep a lot of ventilation because you'll get yeah. a lot of ammonia. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, good smell. point. Yeah. Good point. It'll be gassing off. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Does that help, Bill? Can you just... Can you pour ammonia just on the bales then instead of that, instead of covering it up? Yep. Yeah, people will use anhydrous ammonia. Yeah, they do. Um, you know, it'd be real careful. That's all I can tell you. You know, I don't recommend it because that stuff's super strong. You know, you got to be real careful. But, yeah, a lot of people in the ag business, you know, farmers and If stuff, you know what you're doing, I guess what you're saying, Joel, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, if you know what you're doing, yeah. But just be, be careful. For most people who are just homeowners – you know, just buying a bag of lawn fertilizer or ordering Bale Buster from us is a real easy way, simple way to do it. And it's got everything in it that you're going to need. You know, if you use anhydrous ammonia, then you don't have any phosphorus or potassium with that. You'd need to buy another source to do that. But uh, you certainly get enough nitrogen out of that. That's, but the reg- that's- regular fertilizer, lawn fertilizer here in Colorado would work for that. Sure, yeah. yeah. Just any kind of, you know, store brand, the cheaper the better. Well, yeah, and here in Colorado, the I think Rich Lawn is one of our local brands where it's an organic-type yeah. fertilizer, Joel. It would work perfect for that. Yeah, as long as it's got a, some nitrogen, yep. that's the big problem. Well, we need that in Colorado because we don't have enough. So, no, typically our fertilizers here are, are very well formulated for that, so it would work fine. Yep. Yeah, and make sure there's no herbicides to kill weeds. There you go. Yeah, like you that. don't want the weed and feed. Yeah. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome, Bill. No, great question, by the way. That one I wasn't, again, I'm not familiar with that at all, Joel, so I'm I'm learning as we go here. This has been awesome. I really appreciate your time. This has been great. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad I got a chance to talk to your audience. No, we've got about probably three minutes left. What do you want to close with, Joel? I'm going to talk real quick about this project we've done in Cambodia. You know, there's a lot of people in parts of the world where – uh, gardening is not a hobby. Okay. You know, it's part of... They got to they they have, have it to live, right? They have to do it to stay right. They got to stay alive. And in Cambodia, there's five months a year where they have droughts, and then they have floods. And during that period of time, they can't grow anything. So you got these little kids, especially young kids, who don't have any fresh vegetables for five months, and that's wow. really hard on their system as they're growing. Wow. And they've lived this way for centuries and centuries. So we went over there, and me in conjunction with some Koreans from the Korean, Korean Trade Development Association, believe it or not, and we saw, helped solve their problem, and here's how we did it. We took a backhoe, we dug a big hole in this small farm. You know, they're only about two and a half acres, the whole farm. They grow rice for part of the year. They're really good at it, but then, then they have floods and droughts, so mm-hmm. they can't 
they can't grow anything. So we dug a big hole in the ground. We pile all the soil up next to the hole. We make a plateau that's higher than their highest flood level. Okay. Then we take the straw from their rice crops, and we make bales by hand, put the bales on top of this plateau of soil that we've made. And this is big. You know, this is like 30 feet by 30 feet, so it's a good size. And then they plant vegetables in these bales. And even though this monsoon rains, it rains all day, that saturates the soil, and the soil would never drain enough that you, would get, you wouldn't get root rot. Mm. Even if you planted in that soil on top of that plateau, it would still rot your vegetables. But in these bales, we get drainage. So air comes back into that bale, mm. and it allows that, that water to drain out, and the vegetables will survive. So now during the monsoon season, they can still grow vegetables wow. on top of these mounds. Wow. And now when the dry season comes, they've got this big hole in the ground that's holding on to 50,000 gallons of water, so they can dump that out. Not it's not drinkable water. It's not potable, but they can take it up on top. They can keep their vegetables watered on top oh, of that plateau. So okay. for that five months of the year, they're able to grow vegetables awesome. in that part of the world. We started with nobody knowing how to do it. We now have over ten thousand farmers there. Amazing, Joel. That's Cambodia. awesome. Yeah. fabulous. Yeah, it's a great story. That is awesome. No, which which again is more of a testament to how this actually works and the fact that yeah, you can actually do this and have success. And and, and fr- I guess the other question, Joel, for you is: It sounds like even a novel could have success with this i have people all the time tell me i was not a gardener i'd never gardened before and now i just love it and i'm teaching everybody else how to do it because it's so easy i didn't realize i had a green thumb until i tried it that's awesome well and i think a lot of people get discouraged because again if they don't have the right soil the right composition all of those factors aren't correct they struggle and they feel like well i really don't have a green thumb well it's probably not them as much as it's not knowing what they're up against and how to deal with that. But once they get going right. with your with, with your method, it's real easy. That's what I always say. A little bit of success breeds enthusiasm. Yeah. And they get real excited about it, and then they get bigger, and they, you know, awesome. they spread the word. Yeah. Awesome. Joel, we'll have you back. This has been fabulous. I really appreciate your time. We've learned a lot. This will go up on our website, ready-radio.com, where folks can go back in and even listen again if they want to, and we'll share this around. And, and again, folks listening, strawbalegardens.com is one of the places to find Joel. But Joel Karsten, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been fabulous, Joel. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. No, it's been great. Really appreciate meeting you. This has been fabulous. All right. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate it very much. Guys, that is uh, the kind of... Folks, I try to find, bring to you practical things where, whether it's the end of the world type scenario or just right now, where you're trying to save money and do things better and actually have better food to eat at the end of the day, there's a great way to do it. Joel Karsten, again, strawbalegardens.com. we got another break coming up. Don't go anywhere. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Winter is nearing its end, but the threats to your roof's integrity are not. Warmer temperatures mean melting snow and spring rains. Don't wait until there's water inside your home to act. Be proactive today by calling Roof Savers Colorado. Here at Roof Savers, we try to save every client from the expense of a costly replacement without compromising the performance of your roof. This 100% plant-based product gives you the new roof performance without new roof costs. For any roofs that do not qualify for the treatment, we work with your insurance so you can get the replacement you need. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. Call today to schedule your free roof inspection. Call us at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to roofsaversco.com today to ensure your roof can keep unwanted leaks away. 
Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses. Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. All right, I also reached out to Joel, and I will do my best to get him on Fix-It Radio as well because there's a lot of other things I know he would suggest we do, and I'll, uh, I'll have him actually on that program as well, do that here maybe in a couple of weeks, do my best to, to get him back on. But really had a great time with Joel. I reached out also to Annette at Colorado Greenhouse Builders, and this ties right into if you had a small little greenhouse or fair, fair size one, whatever, greenhouse period from them, and you wanted to grow things year-round, literally this would give you the ability – to do that in a very easy way and actually the one thing i was telling charlie that you know biggest thing i hate about gardening in general is just the weeds the weed control and always dinking around with that this pretty much eliminates that because of what joel just said and 
and, yeah, and the crawling around on your hands and knees and so on, you just don't have any of that. And if you go look at his website and look at the ones that he's got, the before and afters of, oh, man, this is a this is very a very unique way of doing things, and I guarantee you is going to continue to catch on more and more. And other than him inventing it roughly about 30 years ago, it's probably why you don't see more of it. And 30 years sounds like a long time, but when you're starting something from scratch and getting people to – you know, to shift their entire way of how they've done something in the past. It really isn't, and this is going to take, you know, it's going to take the place, I think, of regular traditional gardening as time goes by. And, and again, if you need help on, you know, where do I find a bale of, of straw? And, by the way, straw would be the easiest thing to use just because it's the cheapest, and there's typically plenty of it around because, again, it's used for all sorts of things, erosion control and, and the like. It's not edible to most animals, so you're not going to find most animals eating it. So straw is typically used for you know, bedding and things along those lines. So it's typically readily available. Um, I mean, it's used in a lot of different industries, construction especially. So it's typically easy to find those. And as I said earlier, if you're wanting to get more than one bale, and I, you know, if you want to put five bales in your Prius like Joel did, more power to you. I would rather, because I'm kind of a clean freak, I would want a truck. You could go get as many bales as you wanted to that way. And, yes, you can rent trucks fairly inexpensively now. Just go to Home Depot, rent the truck. They may have bales there. If not, there'll be places typically nearby where you could go and pick up bales, bring them home. The thing that Home Depot will have is you're going to need to get your fence posts and your wire and some of the things that Joel said. And, again, if you buy his book, it will lay all of this out pretty much step by step, and Joel doesn't give himself enough credit. He's got five, six books he's written, but he basically said buy one of them, and it tells you. But, again, if you really want to get into this and have a lot of fun with it, I would, I would highly suggest buy his books, learn. He's got a great website as well, and I just thoroughly enjoyed having him on. So I really appreciate and Joel, if you're still listening to us, really appreciated having you on. It was really fabulous, and worked out extremely well so thank you all right we're going to finish things up if you missed any of this particular show or any part of the show you can go back and listen to it on ready-radio.com and if you're listening to a repeat of ours thank you so much for doing that as well i do appreciate it but this is ready radio klz 560 Views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.